everyone, this is Chad. We have a special announcement because on August 21st and 22nd, you can get 50% off your Twilio Signal tickets. This is a special one-time only flash sale, 50% off. Use the code MISSION10. Tickets are normally $500. You can get them for $250. $500 is already a cheap price for a conference ticket. I'm just saying, I know it's expensive to some folks, but out here, conferences are typically $1,000 to $1,500. Twilio Signal is a steal at $500. And for two days only on August 21st and 22nd, you can get 50% off using the code MISSION10. The conference is October 17th and the 18th in San Francisco. We will be there and we hope to see you. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mission Daily. I'm Chad Grills and I'm joined by Stephanie Postles. Good morning. And Toasty under the table today. It's like old times. We are. We're uh, doing risky business here with Toasty. Having a dog in the studio. studio. Yeah, he, he's okay though. I think he's uh, zonked out. Yeah, on the he floor. is. So today we are back into the power of threes. And yesterday's episode prompted me to think a lot about how to upgrade our own mental operating systems and how to continually be improving them. So when we do study an episode about leadership or something like that, or when we do go back into the workplace or at home at night after a long day of work, what are some ways that we can update our mental thought processes and mental models and decision-making tools so that we can be more of service to everyone else? And there are three things that I started doing, I guess a couple of years ago now, I haven't done them as much as I'd like to. So this was a great reminder for me to put together three ways that I've found are just incredibly effective to change my misperception and kind of clean out some of the mental mind viruses that have been slowing me down in several different ways. I'm excited to hear what these are. Yeah. So it's really important to talk about why our interactions with people can get stalled and why they can get stalled is because we don't correctly remember all of our previous interactions. So we are evolutionarily hardwired to identify threats, and that's what has kept us alive this far. And we are hardwired to figure out all the ways in which people are conspiring against us. But for better or worse, that is how our minds are set up. So it would be nice if we always attribute great motives to other people. But what can happen a lot of times in work situations or when you're very busy, is you can start to ascribe negative motives to interactions that really have no type of negative intentions running underneath them. They are just the result of our own failure to communicate, or they're really all a failure of imagination, which is a whole nother battle about how do we build up a benevolent imagination that serves us instead of one that terrorizes us. But the topics that we're talking about today are three ways to really upgrade your mental operating system. So the first one is to list out the nicest things and the most helpful things that anyone has ever said to us. And specifically, if we start with coworkers and friends and family, this can be a great way to remember the best things instead of getting hung up on the things that are basically like a pebble in our shoe, the things that we're carrying around unnecessarily with us. Yeah, I remember just one thing that someone might say to me that's negative, and that stays with me much longer than remembering, well, they said maybe 20 things before that that were nice. So I love that instead of focusing on the bad stuff, you're focusing on 99% of the stuff this person has said about me is great. And the fact that they said one small thing could have just been a day they were having off or something. You know, they might have been in a bad mood or have something happening that you don't really even understand. Definitely. And 
everyone is fighting a battle that we don't know anything about. I think that's paraphrasing a semi-famous quote, and it's always just good to remember. And when I did this own exercise before the show, I was just listing out things. Some of them are, I guess, like one of these comments was like 13 years ago or 14 years ago. What was it? And it's Who said it? Still, in my, still in my head. A person I met when I just started at college, and they were basically like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you wasting your life? And they were very successful at the time. And it was a harsh critique. But in a way, it was the one of the nicest things that anyone had said to me, which was honest feedback about you are completely wasting your talents here. And what you're doing now is a joke. And it was one of the nicest things that anyone has ever said to me. <laughs> I think I know who this person was. And I think it was because you wanted to pursue your own business and your own things. And that's why in that situation, he was like, you're wasting your time here because you don't need this to do what you want to do. It was a bit like that, for sure. And so that was one of the comments. And there have been a whole other host of them lately that I just wanted to reflect on and remember. And I wanted to remember the best about people because I found myself, those memories were still in my head, but they weren't as clear as I wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. And so I, I listed it out about 10 things. So for anybody that's out there listening right now, if you want to, you can just do this in your head, in your imagination, or you can stop for a moment and list out these people and what they said and when and how it made you feel. Did so you that's, list out that's anything kind of one. I said to you? Was yes. I on the list? Yeah. One of the letters you wrote to me for my birthday is still okay. by far the favorite written correspondence that anyone has ever given me. It's uh, always stands out and Sweet. I still reread it from time Just to time. Just wanted to make sure I made the list. All right. Of, so oh, what, what's the second one that we need to do? So step two is to make out another list where step one is good to start thinking about things, but talk is just talk. The real measure of someone's actions and caring are in their actions. But the point of this one is now we want to list out all the sacrifices. So step two is to pause for a moment and list out all of the sacrifices and the actions that demonstrate when someone has a belief in you. Maybe it's your mom that you're thinking of that took off and didn't take the classes that she wanted to take so she could take you to gymnastics or whatever the case is. Or maybe it's just generally all the sacrifices that your parents make. That's where most people want to start with that. Maybe you have friends that have made a bunch of different sacrifices or they've put their own reputation on the line to vouch for you in certain situations to help you get a job or help you get a promotion. They've really put their neck out on the line. And reflecting on those situations when someone took a bet on you before the rest of the world did, that is enormously empowering because there, there really is no greater compliment than to recognize emerging potential or genius in someone before the rest of the world does. And if you're able to do that and make the sacrifices and put in the time necessary to get them to help see that, that is how you just forge a lifelong friendship and relationship. So step two, really think hard about all of these sacrifices that friends, family, maybe you know, not so immediate family has made for you. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people forget that oftentimes your friends or family will give up doing something they want to do because they know doing something else is important to you. So maybe I've seen this happen a lot with my friends where they have a plan to do something and I'm like, oh man, I was really looking for someone to hike with. I just need someone to talk to. And they drop their plans completely to come with me. And those, even though they seem like mini sacrifices because I wasn't the one sacrificing anything, so it's hard to really understand it. When you look back and realize that, that, oh, this person chose me instead of 
the plans that were already existing because they knew it was important for me to have someone to talk to on this hike. That's the little things that I think are good to remember and really make you appreciate what kind of friends you have or family you have in your life. I completely agree. And I think that at this point, probably everyone who's listening can start to see how this is already basically reprogramming your thoughts and your conceptions and your ideas of the people around you. And it's about zeroing in on the best and letting the rest of the stuff fall to the wayside. And this is the starting point of forgiveness, of accurately representing people. It's the start of forgiving yourself. All kinds of great things can emerge from these exercises, which brings us to step three. And step three is interesting here because I feel like in order to solidify steps one and two, it's very important to go to these people, ideally face-to-face. Yeah, you can text people, you can send them a message. That's great. But when you get a chance and you're in person with that person in real life, when there are few distractions, when nobody else is around, that's when you have to bring up and let them know. So don't have your phones out. Don't have anything like that make eye contact, wait for the right moment in the conversation, and then let them know. You might not remember this, but when you said this to me a couple years ago, I still remember that. And that meant so much to me. And then when you did these things over the course of several years for me, I I recognized that you were making sacrifices and I'll never forget that. So just two quick examples of how you can bring these up. But I think that without step three, steps one and two are kind of just empty. They're empty thoughts. They might help you but you're not taking enough risk to venture putting it out there to that person and letting that person know how they made you feel. Because when you do that, now you can start a really exciting feedback loop where both parties in the relationship can be aware of, you know, they're not looking for, you did this wrong, or they're not continually playing the blame game. They're not engaging in passive aggressive behavior where you do X, so I will do Y type thing. They're engaging in collaborative behavior where Both people are speaking vision into one another's lives. And that's what everybody out there listening is going to want more of is people speaking vision into your life than people taking bets on you and vice versa. There isn't really any better feeling than to jump in and help out someone or take care of things financially. If you're blessed enough to be able to do that, that's a great feeling. So steps one through three, again, just really quickly are steps one, list out all the ways and all the things that people have said to you that made you feel great. So focus in on the best of what they've done. Step two, focus in on the actions. So go beyond words into the sacrifices, how they have made you feel. And then step three, just bringing it home is to have enough courage to tell them to their face. Okay. So those are the three steps. And during this exercise, because we are all human and we have that evolutionary baggage essentially that's with us where we're predispositioned to remember the negatives. When you're doing this exercise, you're probably going to have all of these memories about the ways in which people have wronged you and did things that hurt. And that is naturally going to come up. So don't be hard on yourself if that is what comes up. And I want to get Steph's take here on how to deal with and forgive people that have done things that aren't so nice. And so Steph, what are your thoughts on forgiveness and how to deal with those negative emotions that are inevitably going to come up when you start doing these three steps? I think it's very hard. I'm just even thinking now about back to my childhood. I can remember things that my sister said to me or my brother said to me, like literally when I was seven, maybe or something that stuck with me all this time. And I think the only way to get past that is first to even see, did it actually hurt my feelings as much as I probably extrapolated it to to this day? It probably wasn't that big of a deal, but I really built it up in my head over time that 
I just continue to remember it. And you know how you kind of add more and more and more onto something? Sure. So I think getting back to the source of what was actually said, if you can remember, and then trying to think, well, why was I hurt by that? Because sometimes you might realize that they didn't actually say anything to really hurt your feelings. It was something inside you that made yourself either get defensive or brought up another memory or triggered something else that was completely separate. And you just attached it to that memory. So I think really trying to re-examine those things from way back when to figure out what exactly happened, that is the only way to get past it. And I'm still struggling with that, but I think it's great to just try and get back to the source and get over it if you can. That's such a good point because when we we start running through these three steps and we do remember the negative things that somebody has said, maybe they're not even related to the people that we're thanking that have spoke vision, made sacrifices, and that are receptive to getting these type of compliments. Maybe it has nothing to do with them. And you're just thinking about kind of the worst people that have been in your life. I think that recognizing when those type of comments have really encouraged you to greater feats of accomplishment. And a lot of times those comments are the negative ones are what makes us much more strong. They're the ones that make us unafraid of criticism. They're the ones that empower us more than we fail to recognize. So I think that if you're looking for extra strategies to really explore forgiveness, it's taking an honest look at the origins of them. So a lot of the people that first come to mind might not be the actual perpetrators. They might not be the people who instilled this fear or the people who are attacking you because of this you know, one quirk you have that you feel uncomfortable about and nervous about. Maybe it was because five years earlier you got another criticism from someone and you're just not remembering it correctly. I think that exploring these thoughts is very, very important because the blame game is easy, but identifying the real source of the frustration, the challenges, that's a whole nother challenge in and of itself. So quick shout out to Twilio, our sponsor. Twilio Signal is bringing you the mission daily. They are an amazing sponsor and their conference, the Signal Conference is coming up on October 17th and the 18th here in San Francisco. Here's the special announcement. So on August 21st and August 22nd, there is a special flash sale on tickets for Signal. So on these two days and these two days only, you can get 50% off your ticket using the code MISSION10. So tickets are normally $500, which is cheap for a conference, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. You can get these tickets for $250 when you use the code MISSION10. So grab your tickets and we will hopefully see you there. So I want to have two more quick thoughts that we have to insert when we're talking about negative emotions and forgiving people that have really maybe tried to hurt us, but Maybe that hurt is still there. Maybe the insult is still there. But ultimately, when I look back at those situations in my own life where if you're looking for like the rap parlance where people try to sun you or you know think you're like, oh, that's that's cool. Like, What you, does sun you mean? Am <laughs> like, I like not with it? I don't know. No, when people try to like blow you off or th- say that you're way below their level type thing. Don't sun they make, me. Okay. When they make comments like that or they kind of think you're playing in the minor leagues when you're actually, you might be way far ahead of them in terms of like a business standpoint or something like that. It's basically when people have a stuck up attitude that is not warranted. And when people try to act as if you're just getting started, when in reality, they have no idea what your success level is in business, in life. And that's just something that I think guys are prone to do this to other guys all the time. Well, you (laughs) taught me this word now, so now I'm allowed to use it every day this week and you can't get annoyed. Pinky promise. I I think, yeah, I think we should. I think it's, uh, it's pretty funny. So this is just like a pet peeve of mine where this comes up a lot, but it has also 
caused me to basically just do better and do more because the best motivational speeches that you'll ever get are typically the ones from people who think that you're stupid, think that you don't understand what you're doing. And they're the ones that kind of give you a pat on the head and say, oh, that's cute what you're doing. Like maybe one day it'll be as big as what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And they don't even realize what you're doing is already like by objective measures, two to three times more successful or whatever the case is. And we know that that doesn't feel good. And sometimes this might come from somebody who's way more successful that you really respect, that you have put up on a pedestal. But when you get in front of them, when you give them the pitch or whatever, it just doesn't resonate, doesn't go over well. At those moments, that is when you're actually going to receive the biggest motivational speech of your life. And whether it's with someone you really respect, or maybe it's just in casual conversation with friends or family, I think that looking back and realizing that sometimes when people say no, that is what spurs on new types of innovation and new types of creativity where you think maybe they are right. And maybe it points out a weakness in your own skills and your own game that causes you to stop and say, what if they're right? What if I'm not good enough for this thing that they said? And in some ways, that type of harsh feedback can cause you to shore up and fix the weaknesses in whatever approach it is that you're making. So you can thank those people instead of being angry at them, look back and be like, yep, you made me sad or mad, but look where I am today. Yeah, definitely. And there's a great Taleb quote where he says that reaction to setbacks is what innovates. Ultimately, everybody thinks innovation is what people start out with, when in reality, it's often people start working and then they hit roadblocks and they hit people who say, this is stupid. And that type of attack is what causes you to think harder about what you're doing and reinvigorate your attack, your approach, your work. Love it. All right. I'm going to start using that from here on out. Awesome. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Mission Daily. Hit us up on the socials. And as always, if you're liking the Mission Daily, please share it with somebody else. Let them know. Email, text them, send them this episode. We would greatly appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.